Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hey, Edwin. How are you today, my brother? Man, I'm just sitting here with my Bible open in John chapter 7 thinking we ought to record a talk. I'm I'm excited <laughs> to do that. I'm excited. Uh, we've, we've had some great conversation this week about God's glory and yes. how we how we how we lift up God's glory. I appreciate some of the talks we've had about interpreting scripture. Yes. It's and then helpful. not only the written word, but also looking at the incarnate word mm-hmm. and talking about Jesus being the Messiah and the prophet. I want to see some of what Jesus says here in John chapter seven. I want to start in verse 32. I'm going to read down through verse 39. We're going to have a callback. Call back to some stuff that Jesus said to the Samaritan woman. So let's pay attention for that. John 7, verse 32. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. We've noticed in our readings that there's been confusion by the crowds or confused questions by people that uh, Jesus has been teaching and how they respond to him. And again, this seems to be one of those episodes where there's more confusion, that uh, Jesus is speaking about going away from them and they will seek him, but they can't find him and they can't figure out where on earth that would be right. going to the creeks. You're going to the dispersion, which is kind of an interesting, um, you know, idea there. Probably this is more of that teaching that, uh, you know, ultimately Jesus is going to die and resurrected ascend to heaven, um, which, you know, they're, they're not going to get to that conclusion on their own. It, it reminded me though, in John two, when he had cleansed the temple and he talked about, Hey, destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. I had no, concept you know what he's talking about there and i see similar confusion here about this idea similar confusion but let me throw this out to you one they completely misunderstand they're what they're saying and their explanation is yeah they're they're not getting it in their mind oh is he saying he's gonna is he physically he, he's gonna walk out of travel this promised land and he's gonna travel over there but even in their misunderstanding they do hit on a truth that they are not going to grasp and that is is that when jesus dies when Jesus goes away, part of his purpose is to bring the Greeks in. Uh, that's right. And I think that's fascinating. That we're going we're gonna to come later, and they're going to, again, he's going to say, I'm going, you can't follow. And at that time, we'll, we'll comment on it again, probably have forgotten, so I'll say it now. They're going to say, what? Is he going to go kill himself? Right. Well, I mean, no, he's not going to go kill himself. They're going to execute him. But in John 10, he did say he was laying down his own life. Correct. So it's like they misunderstand and... And if we take what they meant by what they said, 
Kind of like when the high priest says, don't you know that it's beneficial for one to die so that everybody doesn't? Mm -hmm. And, you know, his meaning by that was not truth, but what he said was true. Right. And and I think think these two statements that they make, oh, and he's saying he's going where we can't follow, uh, their meaning is completely wrong. They don't understand what Jesus is saying. But when you hear what they say, you're like, oh, but there's a little truth to that. That is, he, yeah, he is actually going to take a message to the Greeks. Yeah. The Gentiles do get to be a part of it. He is going to die, and it is going to be because he allows it. I just think that's fascinating. And that's, oh, that is. I, again, I think John, I, I understand that John's Greek is apparently some of the more simplistic, simple Greek in the New Testament. But man, his story writing skills, as he, as he crafts this story where there's th- these, these little subtle uh, confessions and statements and teaching it, to me, it's just fantastic. And this is one of those places where we see that. Now, Jesus, on the last day of this feast, stands up and he reminds us of something. Uh, people hearing this in the crowd won't know that he has said this before, because the last time this came up was actually out in Samaria. Okay. When Jesus was by that well with the Samaritan that's woman. That's right, that's right. But those who are reading John, and again, John, as this master craftsman of a story, you've already brought up people misunderstanding things. Mm-hmm. Back in John chapter 4, the woman misunderstood what the living water was. And in John chapter 4, neither Jesus nor our author John explain what they meant by living water. We've just got this thing out there about living water. And it's not until we get now to John chapter 7 that it gets explained. Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Part of that teaching uh, there reminds me of John 6, when he was talking about eating uh, the bread of life, and you'll never hunger, and you'll never thirst. Mm -hmm. And as we talk through that, we realize later in the chapter It's not physically eating and bibing, but it really is believing in him. And again, we get that connection. How how is it that I would drink here? I'm thirsty. Come drink. How do you do that? But he says it's it's believing in me. That's how you're going to eat this bread of life. That's how you're going to drink this living water. You got to believe in me. I, I'm so glad you brought us back to our discussion last week because it does drive home. When we take John 6 just out of context and all the arguing that people have done about it, we almost just almost everybody just like, oh, in order to fulfill this, I actually have to eat something. In order to fulfill this, I actually have to drink right. something. And I get it. There's a ready-made thing that comes to mind because Jesus, when he establishes the supper of the Lord, says, this is my body, the bread and mm. of the cup. This is my blood. This is sure. the co- new covenant in my, my blood. In blood. And I get it. So I, I understand. I don't. I mean, I don't want to ridicule for jumping to that, but in the gospel of John itself, that is not what's going on. We see over and over again, these mm-hmm. metaphors, eating and drinking, that the fulfillment of them actually is is not eating and drinking at all. It's believing Jesus. It's listening to Jesus. It's doing his yeah. word. Yes. And we see it again. When I want living water, I don't drink anything mm-hmm. to have living water. I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. to have living water. And when rivers of living water are flowing out of me, uh, we're not actually looking for any liquid to be flowing out of me. We're not, you know, I get it. Jesus <laughs> had sprung a leak. <laughs> 
Well, well it's pe- that living water. You just can't keep it in. <laughs> Jesus. I, a lot of people take this and connect it to when Jesus sighed his spear ah, and the water comes water out. Water and blood come flowing that, It's not that. Okay. But, but it is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It is this connection. And we've, we've seen the spirit throughout the gospel of John, you know, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. If you want to see the kingdom, if you want to enter the kingdom, mm-hmm. you have to be born of water and spirit. spirit. John says, I baptize in water, but one's coming after me who will baptize in the spirit. Holy spirit. Yeah. And John as an author says, look, here's what Jesus was talking about. Nobody got it. We didn't get it back then because the Holy mm-hmm. spirit hadn't been given to those who believe yet. Right. But that's what he's talking about here. He's not talking about water. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, here's the thing that you don't draw from this. You don't draw from this that when you baptize in somebody, that the water has to be moving. Ah, uh, yeah. I've, Good I've heard point. people say, oh, it's living water. It's got to be living water. It's got to be moving, moving. water. So You've got to go baptize somebody in a river. It's got to be living water. No, that's not the point at all, mm-hmm. because the living water here is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we've got to grasp that, how Jesus is using these metaphors. These folks misunderstand, and we see it explained. And that will help us at the times when things aren't explained as fully, help us understand. Well, certainly an encouragement to keep on reading. Because oh, like yeah. you said, in John 40, you've got this uh, imagery that comes up, and now we're finally getting an explanation about it. It's three chapters later. When Jesus says, uh, <clears throat> if you're thirsty, come to me and drink, that is a clear callback to Isaiah 55 and verse 1. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And on it goes. And there in Isaiah 55, as it talks about the effectiveness of God's word mm-hmm. and how when God's word goes forth, it will produce what God wants it to. But notice in this Isaiah 55 passage, come drink. I'm going to send you David, who will be a sign. And I'm going to call a nation that you have said is not a nation. Notice how all of this fits in our chapter that we're reading. Jesus says, come drink for me. I mean, we know that who Jesus is, is he is this commander of the people. He is the leaders. He is the new David. Mm -hmm. And we've already had this statement about, is he going to go to the Greeks? Mm -hmm. And we've recognized, well, I mean, yeah, kind of. And this this <laughs> yeah, nation yeah. is, I mean, you know, their their understanding of it was wrong. But yeah, kind of. He's going to be bringing in these other nations who are going to be a part of this. All of that tied in there to powerful. Isaiah fifty five. Powerful, powerful. So as we uh, notice here, uh, this deal about living water and that it's coming even out of your heart. Um, is there a callback there maybe to something in Proverbs? You know, Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it, you know, the ESV even says, flow the springs of life. Yes. And other translations talk about the issues of life. What, what does your legacy standard say there? You oh, want to hop yeah, back yeah, there? Yeah, so yeah. While, you're, while you're looking, I will point this out. There, there does not seem to be, this is a problem with this, that there does not seem to be a direct quote 
And I, uh, according I, to the scripture, yeah. yeah. I, and so for me, I, I'm like, I'm. We're looking for this passage, and Proverbs four twenty three is the one that comes to my mind as the closest to this. Yeah, guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Okay, so the legacy yeah. has the same also, thing as the SV. Yeah. So here, here we've got. I think what Jesus is doing is this is one of those places where it's not merely quoting a verse, as it is, is drawing, uh, calling to mind a theme and which leads to Proverbs 4:23 though I will admit I haven't seen many people make that connection to Proverbs 4:23 mm-hmm. but here's what I think is happening I think we start there in Isaiah 55:1 where there's the offer to come drink water I think this reminds us of the image in Exodus 17, the water in the wilderness where okay. you strike the rock and the water comes the forth from the rock. I think we've got passages like in Ezekiel 36 and verse 26 where the new heart, the heart that is a stony heart, okay. and it's a renewed heart. And in that passage, he says, I will give you my spirit. I, I, I will put a new spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you. And then we go to Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 13, and that's very similar to Psalm 1, as it talks about those who trust in the Lord. They are like those planted by streams of water. Mm. And, and what we have is a connection between the, the spirit, the heart, and water. And so when Jesus wants to draw all this together, he brings a verse that actually seems like it's completely different. But once I look at all these passages, now I go back to Proverbs 4.23 and I get a deeper underlying meaning. Most of the time I look at Proverbs 4.23 and I think, oh, I got to be careful what I let in my mind because that's going to come out of my mouth. I got to be careful what I let in my mind because that's what's going to come out in my behavior. But having pieced together everything the law and the writings and the prophets say about our hearts, about the Holy Spirit, about about God as the fountain of living waters, all of a sudden I realize, oh, wait a minute. I got to protect my heart because this is, this is where the spirit is going to be. Mm-hmm. This is where the spirit yeah. will flow from. I've got to make sure what gets into my heart and what gets into my heart must not just be, oh, you know, I got to make sure not to watch bad things on TV, which I need to. I need to make sure of that. But I got to make sure that what gets into my heart is God's spirit yeah. because that's that's what's going to flow out. No, I appreciate that so much. And I, I think about David's prayer to creating me a clean heart, a yes. new heart. And that's one of the benefits of becoming a Christian as well, that new heart. What am I going to let in my heart? You remember Jesus telling the story about the person who had the evil spirit cast out, mm-hmm. and then it goes in the waterless places, interesting, right. yeah. goes through waterless yeah. places, and comes back and brings seven spirits more strong, and the end is takes worse over. Than the all, yeah, yeah, all they find is swept and kept in order, but there's nothing filling it. Mm-hmm. Guard your heart. That's where the springs of life come from. You want to make sure that it's God's spirit that has control mm-hmm. and is flowing through your heart, not something else. So, And so let us be believing Christ that we might know that blessing uh, of that spirit in our heart. Holy God, you are magnificent. We praise you and lift you up on high. We long for the living waters to flow from our hearts. We believe in your son. We know that he is king and we confess him as Lord. And we pray, Father, that we will give testimony to him and that we will point and lead others to him as king. And we're so thankful for the strengthening power you give by your spirit that we can testify not actually of the spirit, but that we can testify of Jesus. We're so thankful for him. And it is through Jesus, our king, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Help. <laughs> Whose turn is it? Mm.